And now, enjoy this free Jason Modcast show. Welcome to My Public Life as an American Nerd. I am your host, David K. Montoya. All right, kids, I have a little treat for everybody this time around. I know this is technically the fourth episode of this uh, because I started back two years ago. I started the show and I did it solo and then I did last episode by myself. But this time around, I brought in a treat. Uh, He's a good friend of mine. And he's all the way up in the Great White North. We used to uh, have like a, a little pod rivalry uh, when I was running, seeing <laughs> uh, Red with uh, my sister Rebecca and her husband Aaron. And those were fun. We we really we put a lot of thought into you know going back and forth with with those episodes. It was kind of a, a, a America versus Canada kind of thing yeah <laughs> but uh ladies and gentlemen boys and girls children of all ages uh let me introduce to you mr iron mike lutz <laughs> thank you very much dave how are you doing i'm good or, I, i'm sorry I, I need to give you the proper canadian greeting how's she going eh yes there you go <laughs> Uh, I tried to give you my my best Michael Buffer intro. Hailing from Ontario, Windsor, Canada. Well, you got those backwards. Oh, did I? Yep. I said Ontario, Ontario, Windsor. Actually, it's Chatham, Ontario, isn't it? It is. I wasn't, at least I was being polite, like I'm supposed to be by Canadian law and not correct the host. So, as I said, our, our, our PM, Justin Trudeau, is very uh, a stickler with the rules of uh, politeness and uh, social justice and being nice to your fellow man. So, it's kind of like the opposite of what you guys got, but, you know, we can't do anything about that. Yeah, you know, we've been trying to fix that here for a while, too. <laughs> Same here. So... There's one thing I forgot to tell you. Uh-oh. Um, it just occurred to me because I almost said something and I caught myself. Uh-oh. This is a clean show. Oh, did I swear already? No, no, no. I, I was about to swear and I caught myself. Oh, okay. Like, sometimes I forget where I'm at and you said it just drops out like a comma when I'm not really uh, paying attention, so... I will keep it clean. You should have seen me last episode because this is, I'm calling this the second season. Okay. And so uh, last episode was season two, episode Uh, one. Yeah. When I went through post and I was listening to the last show, I don't know how many times I had to cut out the F word. I'm like, (laughs) okay. And that's why I go through and I do edits. Because I know, for example, like when you you uh, ran the movie Madhouse, that you would you just put it up solid, wouldn't you? 
raw. Yeah, it was it was it was a raw cut, and it was uh, when it was because I didn't know how to edit, and for just I'm being lazy and not learning how to edit. So we just said, ah, it, it's raw. Everybody's gonna enjoy it. This is how it's gonna happen. And it was just because I was too lazy to learn how to edit. <laughs> I was uh, showing Randy, um, for the people that don't know, Randy's my, my brother. We do a, a show on Wednesdays called Shooting Straight. And we had done the first episode, and um, I was showing him kind of how I, I do the editing. And he asked me, he's like, well, why are you cutting there? And I'm like, well, because it's this particular word. And he, he's like, you can look at the wave and tell what the word is. I'm like, yeah, kind of, you know, it, it kind of goes with it. Yeah. Well, you can tell, like, if you're, if you're listening to the flow of the show, you can tell when, when the F-bomb gets dropped or something like that. Like, if you pay attention to how you recorded it, and it's you can edit that stuff out like me like again I said I'm lazy and <laughs> I figured it's, it's we're we're all adults here and everybody is uh, supposed to be an adult so but yeah that's my excuse and I'm sticking to it. All right. Well, the only reason, and I'll be completely 100% truthful. The only reason why I keep it clean is because of my son, Jay. Um, he yeah. he doesn't listen to any of the other shows specifically because I curse. So I know he's a, okay. he's big into nerd culture as well. And I keep it clean. So he'll at least listen to one of my shows. <laughs> okay. I will, I will be good. I promise. So, um, before we get into the nerd stuff, I wanted to, to talk a little bit about um, pretty much dragging you from one podcast to be my editor for the World of Myth magazine, and uh-huh. then drag you, well, not only am I drag I didn't drag him away, he's still the editor at the World of Myth magazine, but now he's also a co-host for a podcast for the World of Myth yeah. magazine called Myth Bits. The had, World of Myth Bits. I had to make sure I said that, you know, pronunciate it nicely so it wouldn't come out wrong. It, it is, like, my co-host Stephanie, the first time I played her the, the intro that I had made, I had purposely used a, a quality mic because I wanted to make it a little ambiguous. And she texted me right away. She goes, what did you just say at the end of that? And I go, bits, B-I-T-S. She goes, are you sure? I said, I am 100% positive. So it, it, it did what it was supposed to do. So it's kind of kind of a, a thing to catch your attention. And also the reason I bring this up is because so far I've been – putting uh, the Jaisal Modcast podcasts out in a variety of different channels. And so far, the only show that's been picked up by Google Play has been the World of Myth Bits. (laughs) Wow. I I wonder if that has to do 
with like algorithms in my name in podcasts. Maybe. Maybe. I, I have, I am, I am by no means trying to toot my own horn, but I said with the, with the movie Madhouse podcast, we did three, almost four years. And I said it was three years before I stepped away to come work for you. And there, I think they just did episode 253. Oh, wow. So they're still rolling. So I'm just wondering if, if you put those, those word combinations into a computer, something spits out. Yeah, because it, it grabbed right away. And I'm still waiting on the other shows. Huh, that's weird. So since this is the, my, my public life as an American nerd. I, I guess this episode will have to call it my public life as an American and Canadian nerd. North American. Yeah, oh, there you go. There you go. See, NAFTA. <laughs> but um, now, go ahead. No, no, I was going to say we're, we're, we're mixing uh, uh, politics in with the, the nerdisms here. Well, it seems like that's been falling pretty much hand in hand lately. Sadly, yes. I, I would, I would like to see a uh, a clear lines of demarcation between the two, but I don't think that's ever going to happen. Well, um, well, I'll I'll come back. Let, let me answer what I was going to say, and then I'll I'll get back to okay. what I was going to talk about the magazine. Um, one of the things that I was saying last episode and I know it's not public yet for consumption but as we're recording this but I, I was talking about that's kind of the secondhand effect that nerd becoming pop culture because yeah. it's in the public eye and every, it's cool to be a nerd now so it's scrutinized under different um, perceptions, specifically one of being yeah. meshed in with politics. Yeah. Well, I, I feel because uh, now we're living in the communication age where communication between people is so easy, you're going to see those lines blurred even more. Where, where once um, our pop culture we had to take it from the sources. Now we are the sources, right? We, everybody is now the source of pop culture. So when, when nerds and geeks find podcasts, find e-magazines, they're going to put their air quote political spin on everything that they put out. So it's, I think so, like I, wanting lines of demarcation is something that'll never happen. Yeah, but it, it's like that genie's out of the bottle, and there's no putting it back. Well, you got to take the good with the bad. It's an even balance. Yeah, that, that's that's very true. Um, you you do, but you you can filter personally filter out some of the stuff that you find. I, I personally filter a lot of, like, I don't pay attention to the news anymore. 
because it is it, it, it's the negativity in the news, like the if it bleeds, it leads mentality of news. Right. I don't want. I don't care about that anymore. So I find I I'm consuming entertainment and pop culture um, in a filter that I put out. So I find stuff that I want to read, podcasts that I want to listen to, and I'm happier, I guess. I'm not as anxious because of what I'm consuming. Yeah, because it's nerd culture is supposed to be uplifting. You know, it's, it's supposed to be happy and, and it's not supposed to be, unless you're like, you know, heavily in the Batman or something, you know, heavily dark and brooding. But, you know, right. a, as a general, it, it's supposed to be pleasing. It, it's, it's supposed to be entertainment. Yes. Right? Yes. It's like the uh, – I was listening to a podcast. I, can't, oh, I wish I could remember the name of it. They're talking about um, tragedy and comedy. More, like I said, when you look at William Shakespeare's plays, he had more tragedies than he did common comedies. But a lot of that has to do with the the general mass of people, how they uh, are feeling and how they perceive things. So if they're in a negative mindset, they're going to lean more towards the tragedy tragedies and demand more of that. Um, that's funny you say that because I actually said it on a podcast not too long ago was that Plato said the best stories ever told are tragedies. And, and I actually used Shakespeare as an example, you know, Shakespeare is considered one of the best storytellers in our, our life or not our life, but in our history. And if you look at his stuff as a whole, the majority of it is tragedies. I mean, there's a few right. comedies, but, you know, 80, 90% of it is tragedies. So I totally get it. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of that has to do because uh, comedy is so subjective, but tragedy is a, a, a pretty blanket thing. Yes, everybody can. What, what, you, yeah, what you find funny, I might not find funny, but. A bus accident is a bus accident. Right. So, so <clears throat> jumping back. Not that, not that I'm trying to drag the show down. Oh, no, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> I was going to say, jumping back to the world of myth and being an editor, um, I technically, you know, writing, editing, that falls under nerd culture, so it, it fits. Yeah. Uh, I, I was just curious. I wanted to get your input. You know, because you're you're approaching your your first year as an editor, and I just kind of wanted to get your input on that. This year, this 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 adventure that I, I was dragged kicking and screaming into the world of myth has been the most fun that I've had in a long time. Um, being at the pointy end of the spear with of the stuff that comes in. I get to look at all the, these these vastly creative creators, these artists, and 
I get to enjoy it first. And then I get to live in their world a little bit and then put it out into, into the world. And hopefully everybody that, uh, will take a look at it and enjoy it the way I do. And so there was, I did have to take July off. I was getting a little burnout, but I said, I was chomping at the bit to come back after like about halfway through my vacation. I was like, all right, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm refreshed and ready to go. Give me, give me some more. And then yesterday you introduced me to an author who just dropped the 37,000 word manuscript into my lap. So <laughs> I'm just going like, Oh, be careful what you wish for because you just might get it. So <laughs> I'm, Go ahead. I at least I I I've never edited anything. I think the original conversation me and you had um, was like, "Hey, Mike, I'm doing this. Do you want to be an editor?" I went, "Sure." And then I had like zero idea of what to do and how to do it. And then I, I'm like, I was talking to my one buddy. I go. I just said yes to this thing and I have no idea what to do. <laughs> and he looked at me like dead in the eye and he goes, fake it till you make it. And I went, yeah, that's exactly what I have to do. <laughs> you so, did a good job. Too. <laughs> well, so yeah, it, it's just, I, I just keep, keep coming in and said, hopefully I'm doing a, a good job, make try and make these stories. Put up the stories that I get are finished; they're polished stories. All I have to do is put that last little sheen on them before they go out to the magazine. Yes, I I don't have to do a whole lot, which is awesome because again, I go back to my editing story. I'm lazy, so. I get these things. They're awesome. They're, they're, they're pearls they're diamonds. And I just buff them up a little bit and out they go. And that's awesome. Do you have a favorite author? I've been meaning to ask you this forever, but yeah. Oh, um, like in the world of myth or yes. yeah. just in general? It, oh, oh, Walter Esselman is like, I'm really impressed with his work because it's something different every time I open up that email. Yeah. Um, I, I love, I, I, I don't know what to expect. And I love that. Um, I, you're making me pick my favorite kid. Um, <laughs> uh, okay. Stephanie's going to kill me if I don't mention her. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, Stephanie Barty is my favorite author ever since the creation of the printed word. Uh, good call, good call. Ah, see? I know what I'm doing. This ain't my first rodeo. What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, seriously, like, every, everything that has crossed my path from the the goriest horror stories to the sappiest of love poems that we get. I, I love 
all of them. Like the people that send their stuff to us, they put all their energy into making these work. And I, I have to make sure I do them right to make sure the work they did is put in the best light possible. Yes. You know, it's funny how you say that, um, you know, I'm asking you to pick your, your best, your favorite kid. And throughout the years, because the world of myths started in 2004. So it's going on what, 15 years. Yep. Um, and I've always said, you know, someone who is approaching, neither it be the dark myth or Jaisalmon or, or the world of myth, the magazine itself, I, I always tell them, I, well, tell them, welcome to the family. And yeah. it, it, it's kind of like, uh, that's, it's interesting because you see the same perspective as I do. It's, it's like a big family. It really is. Well, how many times have you and I have talked on, on Facebook for going, okay, who do you want to be the member of the month? And I, I, I like, 80% of the time, you and I picked the same story. Yeah. And it's... You mean featured. Featured story. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we just, like... We know quality when it, when it shows up. And, it, again, it's like... Of all the stories, we get, like, five to seven stories of an issue. They're all really good. Now you got to try and pick the best. That's like, that's the hardest part of that. It's yeah. You always have to grab whatever grabs you the most. Yeah, it, it, it's a good kind of pain, kind of thing. So, oh, and that reminds me. Speaking of pain, um, you know the only difference between a managing editor and an editor in chief is. I'm assuming. Two words versus one word? <laughs> uh, no, actually, if if uh, you were an editor-in-chief, you'd be, be responsible for wrangling, too. <laughs> okay. That's the only that's, difference. Yeah, okay. That's a story that probably should be told, too. Because every time I tell um, a personal friend that story, they go, seriously? So, all right. <laughs> This is a story from my perspective. So Dave gets a hold of me to, to, he wants to relaunch the magazine. He goes, Hey Mike, I want you to be the editor in chief. I know just enough to know that's an important job. And I go, I don't think I'm that. I can't be that. That, that's a, that's too big of a position for me. I've never done anything like that before. I go, at first I said yes, because you always say yes to a position somebody's offered you. And then I went back and said, Dave, I don't know if I'm going to be, I'm the right guy for that. I, it just seems like too much for me, for my lack of ability. He goes, fine, how about managing editor? I went, that sounds great. <laughs> and it, it, in, again, it was just like... When I told that story to Stephanie, she laughed at me. She goes, you realize you're an idiot, right? I went, yes, I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's um, 
actually how it came about is or or would it be more proper if I said how it came about <laughs> nice is um when Terry DeShear now I don't know if I've mentioned because we we are getting a brand new bunch of listeners um yeah. I'll I'll go ahead and make it really fast Terry DeShear was my writing mentor who I ended up hiring he was the very first editor in chief of the world of myth and then as we branched out as Dark Myth Production Studios, he literally took over as editor-in-chief of the company. So he got cancer some way in, and he was sick, and he couldn't run everything, but I wanted him to be the editor-in-chief. So I had to do some research, and I found that if you hire managing editors – they do 90% of the work of, as an editor-in-chief, but the editor-in-chief still has that main control and a little bit extra, um, you know, duty that he has to do. So that's, that's where the whole thing came from was I hired extra people as managing editors to take the burden off of Terry because he had cancer. And I was actually going to do it again is I was just going to have each subsidiary – have its own individual editor in chief, but okay. that's, and that's just kind of how it worked. And I, I, I watched you. I know you, I've known you for quite a few years now. I know that you, even though you're, you're very humble, you're a natural leader. And I, I knew that you would do very well in that position as editor in chief. So I'll, I'll get you in there eventually. Give me another year. <laughs> Thank you. I I appreciate the the uh, the confidence that you've uh, placed in me. Well, and I'm always I always you know give credit where credit's due, and I'm sure that you are seeing the boom that's happening right now. From oh, yeah. from uh, you know when we first well shoot when I was like last year is when we started talking about you know, relaunching the world of myth. And then it took, gosh, I don't know how many months it took to actually rebuild the website. But do you have just a vast library of stuff from your, your past history with like, I think, would you say 700 and something odd pages of podcasts and Uh material just accrued from your, your, your history. And I'm just like, that is a massive depth for for us, somebody to be sitting on. And when you talked about relaunching the magazine, uh, I was like, this is going to be interesting to watch because I wanted to. I, I know a little bit of it, your history from the news articles that have been out in our conversations, and I I could tell you were starting to gain momentum with relaunches when, when the magazine relaunched, I went, this is the first step on a long, tall ladder. And I think the success of the magazine that we've had right now is pushing us up farther up the ladder. And with the relaunch of the podcast network, I think we're already, like this isn't the second rung step. We're already halfway up the ladder. This is another huge step 
with uh, MythWorks and the world of myth and everything else. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I don't know if if Stephanie shared that with you, but I actually took a screenshot of this book that I have, and it's. I literally, I'm I'm very type A. I'm a I'm a list maker, and. I have a list of things that have to happen. And the very first thing that happened is the launch relaunch of the world of myth. And it's, mm-hmm. it's funny you say halfway down because it's, it's um, the last thing that happens. And because I, I, and I did, I admit I kind of stole it from Marvel was the phase one, phase two thing. But the end of phase one is the relaunch of Herodica which we're gearing up to do. Yep. And then the beginning of phase two is, um, Oh, sorry. I just got a notification. I, it, it was one of those just caught my eye on the phone. I'm sorry. It says back oh, to, that. it says back to school night. I'm like, Oh, okay. <laughs> Zoe didn't tell me it was back to school night. Okay. Well, Oh, okay. So, but um, I'm sorry. But anyway, uh, <laughs> so Jayza Modcast, the relaunch of Jayza Modcast is the beginning of phase two. And we still have a lot more phases to go. We're going to start publishing again as far as actual books. And, you know, we, we held a steam uh, about a decade ago. Uh, as far as an independent company and as a whole, and and that's you, me, Stephanie, the, every member of the world of myth, everybody that's working on the outside, you know, that that's an esteem that I want all of us to return to. Absolutely. So. Like you're, is that when, when the bubble bursts, in 2008, 2009, it was, the air was let out of every, like the planet and everything collapsed in. But now they said the rebuilding is done. Now is time for like the going all geek here. The Phoenix to rise out of the ashes. Yes. So it's, it's time. And, I'm I'm I, I'm I'm really looking forward to riding the crest of this wave and seeing where it goes. And I know Stephanie is she like it, it, there was a funny exchange between her and I this morning because she was talking to one of the authors we're going to be interviewing on uh, the World of Misfits podcast, and she goes, "I was talking talking to the author. Uh, I don't I, I'm 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 sorry if I'm stepping on any of your toes, Mike." I went, what are you talking about? She goes, well, it's like when when I get excited about something, I just charge ahead. I go, well, charge ahead. You don't have to worry about your, your, this is what I want you to do. I want you to get excited about this because the more excited you get, the deeper you get and the harder you push everything forward. And she's not used to doing stuff like this. Like, okay. This is all new to her. And she like looking at this with new eyes is like, I can do this. I said, yes, you can do that. And I want you to do that. 
That's exciting. That is that's exciting. Yeah. yeah. So like when when she goes, can we try this? I went absolutely. We're going to try this on the next show. She goes, what? <laughs> that kind of thing. So yeah, <laughs> it, it's it's going to happen. And if you come to me with an idea, we're going to try it. And it may work or it may not work. And if it doesn't work, we'll tweak it so it does work. Yes. Absolutely. Like, so, and if you, the way you're talking about stealing, stealing the idea from Marvel, that's not a bad place to steal ideas from. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> because they make what? A couple billion dollars per movie? Oh yeah, easily. So, if you, if you're gonna cherry pick ideas, the house of ideas is the best place to do that. Yeah, I like the way that I don't know. For me, it just it made sense because, and I know it's just the cinematic universe. How they're like, okay, well, this is how we're gonna start. This is where we want to go by the end of this, you know, phase one. And these are the steps that have to be taken in order to achieve, you know, the, the completion of phase one. And I just took it and applied it to business sense. This is how I want to start. And this is where I want to end at before I move on to a bigger project. And these are the steps that have to be done in between. Oh, like, absolutely. Like having a plan is way better than not having a plan. So I, I, I have a, a saying that I stole from Steven Regal, the wrestler. It's called the seven P's. Proper previous planning prevents piss poor performance. That is so true. So if you get your ducks in a row before you need them to be in a row, you're so much farther ahead. And so that. Oh, go ahead. No, I was like, I'm not the best planner. I'm more of a doer than a planner. And I think that's where you and I, our relationship works out, kind of balances out really well. Because you have, you have, you have the main idea where everything wants to go. And you, you sprinkle out, I, you, you throw some breadcrumbs out and I run over and I get it done. <laughs> and I, I'm always moving forward to the next breadcrumb. And I don't know the plan, but I, I make the plan happen somehow, some way. You do. You do. Absolutely. I was just, I actually, I had the book set in here and then we'll get into some nerdy stuff. Um, yeah. I was just, I pulled it up and, um, phase one is the beginning. And before anything, the very first step, it said, create attention. And yeah. thinking back on it, that's, that's what happened. Created attention. Just kind of, oh, I'm, I'm rebuilding the, you know, the website. Nothing, you know, just kind of nonchalantly, nothing really. And then it says, restart the world of myth magazine. And then in uh, points, it says, find writers, find artists. And then big bold letters, 
Find editor. (laughs) (laughs) It worked. (laughs) It did. Go ahead. Go ahead, sir. I was going to say, find and bring back new and old followers. Yeah. Develop relationship with followers. And then in big, bold letters... It says, keep the world of myth free. Yeah, yeah, that's, and that's huge. So, so as we sit here and you're like, okay, now, now you're like, okay, that's, that's all been achieved. And that's why we're moving into phase two. Yeah, like I said, we've, uh, I think we've come pretty far pretty fast and I don't see a very we don't have a shaky foundation to this at all we like we're we're on bedrock and we're pushing hard off of bedrock yes and but phase two is this is I, I, I sat and I thought about it I went okay Editing the magazine, working on Herotica. Oh, the Jacobon Podcast Network show backs up. Um, all right. Hey, Dave, I want to do a show. Or basic, well, you, you dangled that carrot a long time ago about the podcast. <laughs> yes. And I, I almost bit at it a while ago about having a podcaster do the interviews with the, the members of the month from the magazine. And I just like, mm. I, I was still kind of not in podcast mode after leaving the movie Madhouse. But when I started, I started to get back into podcasts listening just, just as a fan, I thought I have a voice. I want my voice to get out there. So I dragged Stephanie in and she had, she again, like we, we made this decision about uh, Stephanie and I to do this podcast without her prior <laughs> knowledge or consent. So I think we had this discussion at night while she was sleeping one time, one, one night she woke up the next morning and the first message that I sent her was, Hey, how's it going podcast buddy? And she's like, what? And what's a podcast? It was just fantastic. <laughs> uh, but you know, the funny thing is, is she has a natural voice for it. She has a natural flow. Yes. Yeah. Like she's, she's, she's a big personality, which will Fill this podcast role perfectly. She, I just, I just, I once I get once I get her past her initial trepidation of doing something, it's like I can't stop her from doing it better than she knows how. Right? Like she like she just she goes and she masters it. She wants to be the best. She doesn't know how she's going to get there. She just knows she wants to be the best. So, 
I'm there to support her as she runs forward. She's hell of a worker. Very good. Oh, yeah. And I'm very oh, yeah. glad that you brought her into the mix. I really am. Yeah, it's, when, when we started to, talking about the magazine, you're talking about um, looking for writers. I had known Stephanie for ages, and then we just kind of drifted apart. We didn't see each other. We, we would see each other socially every few, every once in a while throughout the year. And then we just kind of drifted apart. And then Facebook kind of showed back up and we started, I started talking and she was, she sent me a link to her, um, her Facebook group about poetry. And that stuck in the back of my head. And when you said you're looking for writers, I got a hold of Stephanie. I go, do you have any stories? And she goes, boy, do I. And it was off to the races. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she's, she's turned into a prolific contributor to the magazine because she's she like, she, she look at me, she goes, okay, I have to do a poem per month, a story per month. She has work on her novel that she's working on. Yes. And then she has two more novels that she's in the development stages of right now. And now I'm stacking podcast work on top of her. <laughs> so I, she's a machine. Uh, yeah. I, I'm just like, wow. And she does a hell of a job with each thing individually. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, one of the things that I've, I've tried to incorporate is, um, as as a contributor, not not just a contributor, but just as a whole, you know, if working, Kevin Smith said that there's three things to human need, and I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the clean version. I'm I'm pretty sure you already know what it is. I know exactly what you're talking about, and that's friends, finding a mate, and to be heard. See how I clean that up? Yeah, very well, very well done. <laughs> and um, I actually attempt to try to meet those three meet three needs with each person that I do business with. Yeah. And while you give, you know, obviously you do, you're doing work, but you walk away with a sense of having needs met. And that's specifically why Yeah, is because it doesn't matter what platform you're on. You're going to make friends. Like I said already, we're, we're like a big family. Mm -hmm. uh, I can't help you with the mate part, but, you know, <laughs> you're, you're feeling loved. We're, we give you love, you know. And to be heard, you definitely – that's what this is all about is being heard. No. I was no. – go ahead. No, I, I was going to – I'm agreeing with you with – uh, the Kevin the Kevin Smith uh, method, I guess, would be the way to describe it. Um, when he talked about the democratization of movies and everything, like everybody can do this, and 
everybody, like specifically Steph, she she goes, I who am I? I go, I go, who aren't you? And I go, you're an author. You have all this experience, and we should be talking about this stuff. There's an audience for everything, and everybody has a story to tell. Yes. And when you sit down and you talk with your friends, like Smith does, you get amazing stories. And so talking with um, Jason Bashart from the movie Madhouse, he's agreed to pick up a podcast on the network. I'm excited so about that, by the way. I'm- I am too. And he's supposed to be coming over to my house on Friday, and we're going to be doing uh, doing a whole bunch of stuff for the recording of that show. I don't know if you want to announce it, so I'm not going to say anything other than Jason Bashart is going to be on the Jairz Oman Podcast Network. Yes. Actually, what I'm going to do is um, I'm going to leave this Friday because it, it will be a Friday show, obviously. Yeah. Um, and you know, the content, like you said, there's 700 and something podcasts setting in our, um, our SoundCloud. That, that's a lot of time. (laughs) A lot lot of stuff to go through, but, um, I'm going to leave this Friday open. So there's not going to be no podcast. Well, no, excuse me. It actually, you know what? We can announce it because it'll, when this comes out, this will come out, Thursday. So tomorrow, when this comes out, the following day, Jason will be coming out with Flashback Fridays. I forgot. I record a week ahead. Yeah. So, yes, tomorrow, technically, tomorrow. Technically, yes. <laughs> the Flashback have, Fridays have, are coming out. Yeah. Um, we, like, Jason and I are going to sit down and we're going to sort out how we're going to do this thing. But I know uh, Rob Bellamy. Rob, sorry, Rob Bellamy and I did Flashback Fridays for you a couple years back, and I think the formula that we use worked very well for the network. Absolutely, and it was hysterical. Well, <laughs> it, it was a blast doing them, and I, the whole idea was to try to make for me was to try and break Rob. And I think he was trying to break me and the whole, our, our goal was to break you in the process. <laughs> you did. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Because so I think, go ahead. No, I said, I, I think Jason, Jason loves podcasting, loves podcasting. And when, when you asked me to look, he was the first and only person I asked, and and he 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 kind of kind of hesitated first, and then he goes, "I am all in." So that is awesome. Yeah. Okay, since we were the last person we talked about was Kevin Smith, I'm gonna hit you with something. Okay. Did you know that Kevin Smith is coming out with a new comic book? Uh, I think I did see something about that on his Instagram. 
uh, I think it's Hit Girl in Hollywood. Yes. Yes, that is a fantastic idea. Um, I, I can look up, and I actually I'm looking at the three graphic novels: Kick Ass One, Two, and Three. Yes. Um, and I, I enjoyed Kick Ass. Great work. I like Mark yes. Millar's work. Um, and I'm looking at it's. Uh, let me give credit where credit's due. It's uh, Deadline.com, and it is Hit Girl. Mark Millar unveils first look at Kevin Smith's Hollywood predator hunting heroine, and. I'm in. I mean, that's all I need to read. I, I really do need to go in and, and read the, you know, the rest of the. No, no, that 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 headline grabbed me too. And you know, that's like, I I was kind of, I was wondering if Kevin could do that kind of work. Then I recalled Red State. Yes, I know it. He can do that work in spades and. That, that subject matter will hit close to home for him because of his daughter. So he's going to write some heinous stuff that Hit Girl is going to do to some of these predators pulling from his personal relationships. What do you think? Okay, because it's Hollywood Predator. When I read Hollywood Predator, and I think Kevin Smith, the first person I think of is Weinstein, Harvey Weinstein. I'm thinking I, I was uh, Kevin Spacey myself. Mm, yeah, but Weinstein's a good one, and he's already Smith's already been on record about how negative he feels, like how bad he feels about what Weinstein did. So that's why I was wondering if, if that is going to be like the, the grounds for the the mold or the model he uses for the this story's antagonist. Oh, probably. Like there's there's so many so many terrible stories coming out of these of predators and casting couch ideas. Like like you can't swing a dead cat without hitting a, a bad story coming out of Hollywood. That's true. That's very true. Um, I'm scrolling down this page as you're speaking, and it, there's actually an Instagram uh, post uh, from Kevin Smith, and it says, "Just finished my final Hit Girl comic book script for the four issue miniseries I'm doing with Mark Millar. Had a blast writing it after." Jeff Emir, I believe is the name. Uh, story set in Canada. <laughs> um, I had to take. There was one where she she was in Canada. I I have, must have missed that one. Huh. Um, it says I get to take Hit Girl to Tinseltown in a story I'm calling Hit Girl: Golden Rage of Hollywood. Yeah, I'm in. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to make a special stop to the uh, to Game Master Emporium to get the pull list updated. And <laughs> um, You know, and it's it's some things I, it makes me, you know, how do I say this subjectively? Um, hmm. I... I follow a whole bunch of different comic book related uh, pages on like Facebook 
And yeah. it, it's interesting because it depends on what brand puts out the story. Will it be a positive or negative, you know, inflection? And like, for example, I'm not naming no names because we don't need a lawsuit. No, no. Um, but he ain't gonna get nothing anyways. But that's true. My LL, my LLC covers my butt. <laughs> um, which I'll have to talk to you about uh, a merger coming up very soon. I'm pretty sure you probably already started noticing it happening. Yeah. Um. Anyway, one the okay. Let's see. Where do I start? Ah, <laughs> got it. There's an edit. Yep. It'll be boop. Yep. Um, okay, the the topic is Mark Hamill praises Last Jedi's Kelly Marie Tran for taking on harassment. Now, one, I literally had two pages. One was from one company, another one was from another company. Yep. And it was the exact same thing. But one portrayed it as her being a victim, and the other one as her kind of stepping up, like, and obviously the way I said, taking on harassment. I went with the more positive white one. Yep. And that is kind of how it's littered with the world of, of comic books, not even comic books, but just nerdism. Um, I, I was going to say nerdist, but I don't know if. I think I tried, but well, yeah, yeah. Nerdhood. Yeah, there you go. I like that. Nerdhood. Okay. <laughs> so when I I've decided that moving forward, that if I'm going to read something, I'm going to try to pick it, pick the the positive light one. And uh, let's see. It, we'll move down to Mark Hamill's tweet. It says, I've said it before, I'll say it again. What's not to love? I love you, Lon, or Lone. Uh, we don't deserve you, and you are just getting started. And that's in reference to uh, Kelly Marie Tran. And I guess they there's people – how do I say this? Just stop hating, okay? It's, it's okay to disagree with something. But these people are hired actors. It's they're just doing their job. Yeah, yeah. That trying trying to get people to stop hating, <laughs> or just you may as well try and stop the world from spinning because a lot of people they live in the negativity and they can't help themselves. They they their lives are so terrible. They have to drag other people down to their level. Yes. And I, I liken it to the crab in a bucket, like the crabs in the bucket. When you have a, a, a bunch of crabs in a bucket, uh, one crab will inevitably try and get out of the, the bucket. All the other crabs will drag that crab back down with them. That's very that's, true. That's the, the where, where things are right now as far as I can see. And that that kind of thing forced me to get, stay away from reading the news because I don't know um, 
it, it, it all depends on the editor and their political spin on things. Right. And I, I personally can make my own choices. I don't need somebody to tell me how to think. And I encourage other people to do the exact same thing. Think for yourself. Don't listen to what, like, supposed your air quotes betters are telling you to think. Right. Think for yourself. Like, if you if you want to read that news, read multiple sources, and then suss out what you feel to be true and what is false. Absolutely. Well. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No. Well, no, I was just going to say is, is we actually had the discussion the night that I came home from the last Jedi and you've, you've, you know, my stance on it, you know, my feelings on it, you know, and, and I, I will say that, yeah, the, her character was created to pander the Korean market or the, not the Korean market. I'm sorry. The, the Chinese market. Because that's where the money in, and cinema is happening. But in no way am I saying that makes her a bad actress or she did a bad job. Because I thought she did a great job. And qu- quite frankly, if I were in her situation, I'd jump all over that. You know? Well, nobody in their right mind would turn down the type of prestige and money you're going to get from being in a Star Wars movie. Right. So when somebody says, we have this role for you, you're going to say, yes. <laughs> and then it, it, it's a role. It's not real. Like I love Star Wars. I'm, I, I, I'm going to get political here. Go ahead. I don't, I don't like the way, the new Star Wars is being handled. I it's just I'm I'm old and I've seen the original trilogy <laughs> so many times. And I like that that to me, the original trilogy, four, five, and six, is Star Wars. Yes. To me. Now, I've even gone so far as to add Rogue One into that mix now. Because it fits nicely, yes. Because because it dovetails nicely into that story. And other than that, like, when they killed Han, in the, <laughs> I just, like, I, I, I understand. Like, Harrison Ford is probably very tired of Han Solo stuff. But I wanted a more epic death for Han Solo. <laughs> Yeah, you know what I mean, but it, like that's the new the new storytelling. I'm I'm jaded. I I I look at these ones through the filter of the original trilogy, and then I like does it fit in this storyline? Nope, these aren't for me. Then I'm. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that the final, you know, with the characters that we know, you know, from the original uh, trilogy, I'm hoping that this last one is, is on point. Nah, it's going to be a bloodbath. Chewbacca parts everywhere. <laughs> Lando parts everywhere. It's just going to... 
I was going to say, that wouldn't be bad. To me, yeah. <laughs> well, I just, total speculation on my part. I'm sure people are just freaking out about listening to this right now, but I, I have no clue. And I might, like, I watch Star Wars all the time. I think I've seen, well, what was the second, second newest one? Um, the Last Jedi? Last yeah. Jedi, uh-huh. Yeah. I've seen it once. And after I watched it, I went, I think I'm good. I don't, I don't want to watch it again. Yeah, I bought it for the sake of being, you know, I, I have a, a habit of being a collector. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a completist too. I look at my, my shelf over here. I have the prequels, one, two, and three, right beside the four, five, and six. And, I, I don't break those out as much as I do the originals. An old part such as myself said gets kind of stuck in his ways about what I like and what I don't like. And like new Hollywood stuff, I don't watch movies a whole lot anymore. It's just, I don't, I'm old. What can I say? <laughs> Uh, I'm going to hit you with one more uh, thing before we call it. Okay. We're Yeah, we're a little over an hour. We're okay. Um, and We know a guy who runs the network, so. Yeah, we're good. Um, so there hasn't been anything really talked about with the new Captain Marvel movie. No. Interesting enough, for some reason... Marvel decided that they're going to issue their first bit of information about the movie to a lesser known publication. And the interesting thing is, is that while the English reading populace is the highest demographic of their income, mm -hmm. they released the information to Mundo da Superheroes which is a Spanish-language comic book magazine. Uh, essentially, they're like the wizard, the Spanish wizard of today. That's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it plays out for them. And um, that is The World of Superheroes, English translated. And uh, it's Thanos se papero ve mi e Captain Marvel, which means watch out, Thanos, Captain. Here comes Captain Marvel. And um, so he he goes. I think it's a he. Yeah, it's written by a he. Um, goes through and, and talks about the pretty much how Captain Marvel the movie is setting up for the big. Um, Spoilers. <laughs> she's she's the one who's going to. Do you even want to know this or no? Oh yeah, oh. I, I, I'm fine with spoilers. Okay. Um, she's the one who's going to pretty much kick Thanos his butt in the yeah. the next Avengers. And it's well, they, uh, that that was not uh, a well kept secret. They've already talked about how how powerful Captain Marvel is. Like, she's supposed to be on par with Thor, power-wise. So, 
when that was it the uh, mid credit scene when Fury at Infinity War he he makes that nine one one call. Uh huh. It's it's the Captain Marvel. So we know she's coming. We they they told us outright that she's a badass. That doesn't count as a swear. And she that's the whole idea is to get her over as the new the new superhero. She's she's Marvel's Wonder Woman. Yes. It it might take of it. Yes. Know. One of these days, the three uh, I say three of us, because I'll have to bring Randy in. Um, uh, whether it be this show or shooting straight, Randy has put so much time. Um, and when you hear his next show, he actually kind of briefly mentions it. He's put so much time, effort, energy, and passion into like breaking down the the mythos of what is to come. And he's just like a walking encyclopedia. And he's like, he wants to tell me something. I'm like, I want to go in cold. I don't want to know. Just you know. <laughs> Oh, I, 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 I've read the comic books, and he said I, I'm familiar with Captain Marvel, and what they do with her in the movie won't surprise me at all because they they've said it without saying it. She is she is the linchpin for the next phase of of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yes, they they. they They've all but said it. So, um, I'm, I'm just sitting back and enjoy the ride. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, I'm not gonna color. I'm, I'm gonna go see it. I will see it because I enjoyed the hell out of Infinity War. It, it scratched the itch that I've been having for a, a good Marvel movie. I hated Thor Ragnarok, but. It was too funny, but yeah, it was. It wasn't supposed to be funny. I read the books. If you read the books, it's a horrifying thing that happened to Thor and and Hulk, and to make it a, a buddy comedy just didn't work for me. And when I'm sitting in the movie theater watching Ragnarok, my wife is sitting beside me, and I'm just like, <laughs> she she looks over at me and she goes, "You don't like this." I hate this movie and I'm halfway through it. So, uh, Black Panther cleansed my palate. Yes. And then Infinity War did everything that I wanted it to do. And then when they're giving me a second part, oh, I get more of this. Awesome. Give me more. Have you seen Ant Man and Wasp yet? I did. I did. I enjoyed that one. That was a fun movie. That was supposed to be a comedy, and it worked. Yes, it, that, that's why I brought it up, is because it was supposed to be funny, and yeah. it, it fit. It meshed well with everything. Yeah, well, it's, the characters of Ant-Man and Wasp don't have the the gravitas of Hulk and Thor. Right. Like, like in the comic books, there's, there's a comic book called The Irredeemable Ant-Man. That should tell you about the dude right off the bat, just <laughs> sitting at the masthead. Right. So, it, it, you don't expect super serious out of Ant-Man, but like with Thor and like World War Hulk and stuff like that, that is a major 
major storylines that should be treated seriously. Yes. I, I get that it's entertainment. I resolved myself to the fact that what Marvel has, what the, the MCU does is completely different than the comics. I, I'm, I'm okay with that. But when you veer so far afield that they did with Ragnarok, it's just like, what are you doing? Right, and, yeah. Remember, you, but, you had asked me, you know, because I always post stuff on my Instagram about going to the movies, and you're like, well, what do you think about Ragnarok? And I, I told you, I said, the, the producers of Ghostbusters convinced Chris Helmsworth that he was funny. Yeah. Yeah, he's not. <laughs> he's not. <laughs> but it, I, I, I fully expect the the second Infinity War to like spoilers when you when you wipe out every Asgardian within the first two minutes of the movie starting. Yeah, that sets a pace and tone for the movie, and it didn't stop. And I'm just itching, itching to see what they give us because you can look at the way things work out. Like you can, you can, you can suss it out yourself. All the original Avengers are still alive. Yes. So, so somewhere along the line, they're going to sacrifice themselves to bring back all the, all the new characters that we know and love that got killed by Thanos at the end of infinity war. And that's a given. And that almost, almost sounds like the plot given for Heroes Reborn back in the 90s. Exactly. Exactly. So, we're old enough to know this stuff. <laughs> and they, they can go back and they can grab all that cool old storyline stuff. And they'll say, nobody's going to know about this stuff. <laughs> you are so smart. And this old parts go, wait a minute. <laughs> You're doing it wrong. And they're like, shut up, old people. We are, it's not for you anymore. And they shove us out of the way, bring in the kids. Here, kids, buy this Thor doll. So, <laughs> Well, actually, and I was telling Randy when I seen it the first time, uh, it was the kids and Randy and I. And I'm like, you know what they did, right? And he's like, what? I said, they can they combined the Onslaught story with Infinity Gauntlet. They combined yep. those two stories. Yep. Uh, yep. Like, they, they can't outright say Onslaught. Yes. Fox will sue the living crap out of them. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, again, old people know stuff. And we can... Like we'll, we'll watch these things. We'll get the hints, and we'll go, "Hey, wait a minute!" Yes, but but it worked. It was exactly what I wanted it to be. And now, when you have Miss Marvel like lurking just off camera, and you know, like, okay, we saw what Thanos did to everybody, and Fury knew what Thanos did to everybody. And he's calling her for help. That's calling in the nuclear option right there. Yeah. So I'm, I'm stoked to see where they take it. And I said, Brie Larson, 
Brie Larson? Yeah. Yes. Uh, she's a perfect pole to play Captain Marvel. So I, I'm looking forward to where they take that storyline. Yeah, so am I. Um, okay, I just realized what time it is. Uh, I got to go. Today's Wednesday, so the kids are half day. Oh, so lucky I gotta, kids. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I could tell you that, that's that's more politics. But thank you for uh, literally, kids. I I text Mike and I was like, "Hey, I'm gonna do my recording. I think you want a podcast." And he's like, "Yup." I was like, "Cool." So <laughs> it, literally, it was a moment's notice. So thank you. It was. It was, and it was some terrible technical difficulties. Even before we got this started, there was sparks flying and. EMP pulses knocking out everything. It was terrible. But, but we come through for the fans. Yes. I was going to say, and I still don't know what exactly happened. <laughs> <laughs> there, like, probably a squirrel got in and chewed through some wires or something like that. Just get, get the dogs looking for some squirrels in your house. It happens in Canada all the time. Squirrels blowing up transformers and stuff like that. So. Well, I live in the desert, so I'd be filled mice. That could be it too. But uh, yeah. but seriously, thank you so much for coming in on the moment's notice. I just I didn't feel like going through this and and talking by myself. And plus, I've been wanting to to podcast with you, and yes. this was the the opportunity and the channel to do it through. Um, yep. Talking a little bit about you know dark myth in the past and everything that's happened and. Uh, I I can tell you next week, kids, we have another special guest lined up, and Ooh. I I I didn't think. Well, I've been trying to get him back to be editor in chief because after we finish the phase of Jazel Modcast, then we go into Dark Myth Comics, and he was perhaps one of the best. Heads behind Dark Myth Comics. He he was uh, he was so good that when I had to take a break, he took over. And um, so next week, Mario Martinez is going to be our guest. Nice. And, and I haven't talked to Mario face to face in a long, long time. So awesome. So he didn't even tease that. He just put right out on Front Street. Oh yeah, I'm a giver. <laughs> <laughs> awesome alright Dave thank you very much for having me on um, it was a pleasure this conversation has been a long time coming yes. and I'm glad we could do it in this forum um, thank you for bringing me into the world of myth kicking and screaming and with a net and everything else <laughs> and, uh, I, I'm sure oh, what's that? I'm supposed to be podcasting with Steph Later tonight, and we're going to be interviewing you again later tonight. Oh, that's like, right. That's right. For my own show. Yes. So this is this has been a, has been going to be a full day of podcasting for me, which I love. And if anybody can get anything out of this podcast, get a phone, hook it up, talk to your friends, make a show. Somebody's going to listen to it. Absolutely. And stay geeky because geeks were the world. 
one rung at a time. That's right. That's right. All right, kids. Um, and I just realized something. I, I told you, and I, I'll, then I'll wrap up. Um, I told you I, I've been approaching this kind of low-key, you know, kind of talking like this. And, and I just realized you bring my level up. So I was like energetic the whole way through laughing and being cheerful. So there you go. I'm bubbly. What can I say? <laughs> so for this week, for the – oh, how did you say it? The My public – yes, my public life as a North American nerd – I am David K. Montoya. I'm Mike Luce. See you next week. Bye.